It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the carny aside, just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it, yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown, ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game, taught her how to say Padre game. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 253 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Hopefully, you can hear me well. Uh, at the beginning there, I couldn't hear the intro music, so hopefully that's just on my end, on not on your end. Uh, but the Padres, they just dropped game one of the NLCS to the Philadelphia Phillies by a score of two to nothing. To be honest, it's still kind of you know surreal for me to be saying the Padres are even in the NLCS. Uh, but they lost 2 nothing tonight. I was there. Uh, the atmosphere, I thought, was pretty good again. It wasn't as strong, uh, at least the crowd noise and all that. It wasn't as strong as, like, the Dodger uh, series. But that was expected. I mean, the Dodgers, they're the Padres' rival. The Phillies aren't a Padres' rival. Uh, you didn't have the beat LA chance, you know, going constantly. Uh, and... The Padres' offense just didn't do anything. You know, they got one hit. And it's not like I'm going to sit here and be all pissed off about tonight's game because, to be honest, I thought it was a pretty good game. It was just a really, really good pitching matchup between the two teams. That's what I saw. Um, The Phillies, I mean, they didn't do a whole lot either. They got, what, three hits in this game? The Padres got one. The difference was the Phillies came up with the home runs and the Padres didn't. Will Myers got the Padres' only hit of this game. And that happened, what inning did that happen? Like the fourth or the fifth? Happened in the fifth inning. A single to center. That was the Padres' only hit. And then in that fifth inning, Hassan Kim popped out to first. And then Trent Grisham struck out swinging. Wasn't a great day for Grish. Um... Struck out a couple times, left a guy on, left Myers on. But I'm not going to get on Grish because he has been one of the MVPs of this postseason for the Padres. So there's no point in me saying, oh, Grish, got to be better. No. Uh, The lineup, I guess you could say as a whole, has to be better, like tomorrow. But I'm not going to sit here and be like yelling or anything and be all pissed off about tonight because you sometimes you just have to tip your cap to the other team. And tonight, the Phillies... They pitched really, really well. Uh, Zach Wheeler tonight, he went seven innings, the same as Darvish, gave up one hit, two less than Darvish, I believe. Uh, no runs, walked one guy, and struck out eight. If you look at Darvish's line, it's pretty similar. 
Seven innings, two runs instead of no runs. Three hits, two more hits than Wheeler. And he struck out only one less guy than Wheeler. You know, uh, there were some times during this game where, of course, Wheeler looked really, really dominant, uh, which was most of the time. And then there were times as well that Darvish looked dominant. You know, that first inning, when he got out of that first inning, I was pretty confident that he was going to be able to cruise. And he kind of did. I mean, the, he gave up two home runs, I know. Uh, one of them was a real home run, the other to Bryce Harper. I mean, for me, that, that was like a pop-up that went out. That's just Bryce's power. Like, I, I don't know. I don't even know if Darvish is upset at that, to be honest. Uh, so I was, I liked what I saw from Darvish today at points, just like Wheeler. He looked really good after that first inning, as I just mentioned there like 30 seconds ago, um, where he had a runner on third with Bryce up. And that wasn't a great inning from Darvish. You know, he got Bryce, but Bryce hit that ball hard, and it was just an amazing play by Crony at second base to get uh, Harper at first to end the inning. Um, but he walked Schwarber, wild pitch, got Schwarber to second. So it, it just wasn't a great inning from Darvish. There were some mistakes by him there. Uh, but after that, he settled in. And again, the home run that he allowed to uh, Harper, I haven't even watched it on TV. Let me see where this pitch location was. Yeah, so, okay, it was up and away. And Nola, did he want it down and away? Looks like he wanted it down and away. Yeah, he wanted it down and away, and Darvish missed up, up and away. So maybe Darvish is mad about the pitch location. Like, up, it was higher than where he wanted it or where Nola asked for the pitch to be. But it was outside. Nola wanted it outside, and Darvish took or excuse me, Harper took the pitch up and away and he hit it over the fence to left field. I mean, look, where I was sitting in 323, it looked like it was a pop-out to Profar. And Profar kept going back and it looked like he might be under it. And then you look at the ball and it was hit really, really high. And it kept carrying and then Profar just ran out of room. Um, I'm not really mad at that. Like, Harper, he's a tremendous player. Kyle Schwarber, He's a tremendous player, but Darvish is probably more mad at that one because that felt more like an actual home run. That wasn't just a home run. That ball got smashed. Uh, that wasn't just a ball that went, you know, on the T-Mobile deck or whatever that's called now, the Templeton Rye deck or whatever it is. Um, no, that ball hit the second deck. And I was sitting in 323, row six, and Schwarber later in the game, after he hit that first home run, he hit a foul ball that went all the way to 323, which is all the way down the first baseline, as far as you can go, way down in the right field corner up. And he fouled it off and went past my seats. Like, that was a bomb. And then today, obviously, the home run that he hit earlier before that foul ball, that ball was crushed. Obviously, Bryce Harper, uh, you know, speech left speechless. That's going around the internet. But that Schwarber pitch wanted the ball down, and it, was that a changeup? It's just right over the middle of the plate. Uh, and that ball, from my angle, you know, I'm sitting about level with the foul pole in right field, and that ball went all the way up at the top of the foul pole. That's kind of where it looked like. Uh, the ball was smashed. So you got to give it to Schwarber. Uh, but tonight, I mean, the story, they gave, they came up with the home runs. They didn't, like, you know, blow out the Padres or it's not like I can be pissed off because um, a bunch of Padre runners were left on base or a bunch of guys were left in scoring position. They just didn't get a lot of runners in total. Like, sure, I can be frustrated. I think you can be frustrated about that ninth inning when they didn't capitalize on Bohm's throwing error, the ground ball from Soto, uh, swinging early, ground ball, Bohm throws it, bad throw, second base, and now it's first and second with one out. Manny and Bell come up, Manny flies out, Bell strikes out, he whiffs on every pitch. I can understand being frustrated with that, uh, that Bell and Manny didn't come through. But the guy who they were facing, I think it was Jose Alvarado, like he's a very talented pitcher too. And if I went back and watched that Bell at bat, or at least the last pitch of that at bat, and that was a nasty breaking ball that he threw. And I know he's a professional hitter and he has to hit it. But the Phillies, uh, for me tonight, I'm just tipping my cap to the Phillies pitching. I mean, the Padres pitching was great as well. Uh, I think it was Garcia and Martinez that came in after Darvish tonight, and they didn't allow any runs. 
The bullpen has been really, really good this postseason. One of the Padres MVPs this season, definitely, or this postseason, definitely. Uh, so look, I'm not. Yeah, it's it's frustrating that they lost. Uh, it's it's always a disappointment losing a postseason game, right? You're here, you just beat the Dodgers, and now you you, you get three hits against the Phillies, right? I can understand some people being frustrated, and I, I'm I'm more not frustrated. I'm more just disappointed that they lost. But again, I'm not going to sit here and be all pissed off and yelling and all that. Like I realize that tomorrow we have Blake Snow on the mound. We beat Aaron Nola last time. I know it was like one nothing, but we still beat Aaron Nola last time. Uh, and Snell, he pitched good against the Dodgers his last time out, but better than that Mets start. Uh, and he's pitching at home. He seems to pitch better at home than on the road. Um. And why can't they go in tomorrow? If they win tomorrow and it's 1-1, then it turns into a best-of-five series. The Phillies have the home field advantage, three games to two, but this regular season, the Padres have played better on the road. That game, or the series against uh, the Mets, they had to win those two games on the road. They split against the Dodgers in those two games on the road. Like, they play good on the road, too. So um, I- I'm looking at this more the positive uh, viewpoint. Sure, you'd like to win both games. Uh, but splitting against a team that's pretty much on your level, you're, you know, the same playing level, if that makes sense. You know, 87 wins, 89 wins, great starting pitching, at least the top of the rotation, great bullpen as of late. Uh, they got offensive power throughout the lineup. They're, the, the Padres and Phillies are very uh, similar teams, I think. And so as long as they split, like if they don't win tomorrow, then I'll probably be more, you know, irritated and pissed off. Right, because this is a team I think the Padres should be able to beat, and I expect them to beat after beating the Mets and the Dodgers. Right, uh, but it is one game; it is a longer series, so that's the good thing. You have Joe Musgrove pitching in Game Three, so all of a sudden you could go after Game Three on what would be Friday night. Here, sitting here Friday night, I could be saying, "Oh, Padres are up two games to one. Snell and Musgrove just had quality starts. Padres got to Nola early." They were able to get to Ranger Suarez. Um, are they able to get to the Phillies bullpen? Like, I could be saying this. I could also be saying they're down 3-0 or they're down 2-1. But um, I'm happy that they're here, one. I think we do have to realize that. you got to be happy that they are in the NLCS. I wasn't expecting them to be uh, in this position. I don't think many of us were expecting the Padres to be in this position. Um, I believe in this team, and I still continue to believe in this team. Like, this one game against the Phillies where Zach Wheeler and the Phillies bullpen pitched really, really well. And, oh, by the way, the uh, the Padres pitching staff today, Martinez, Garcia, and uh, Darvish, they pitched well as well. Um, it's just hard for me to get too disappointed or too pissed off in this loss. You know, um, Yeah, it's disappointing, but you got a day game tomorrow, not a lot of time to you know sulk, uh, and that's the good thing, right? If they can get the win tomorrow, they have the off day Thursday. Then, like I said, you have Musgrove starting Friday, and all of a sudden, the series looks a lot, a lot better, right? And, you know, that, here, I mean, I think this is good perspective. The Dodgers series, they won three games in a row against the Dodgers, an 111-win team, right? And they weren't able to beat the Dodgers' ace in game one. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's a familiar start, right, to this series, right? They weren't able to beat Wheeler, the Phillies' ace in game one, but guess what? Now we have the next six games, possibly, where the Padres can go still win this series. Like, the series is far from over. Uh, sure, there's going to be people on Twitter that are, you know, disappointed and pissed off at the offense, and it's like, really? We beat the Dodgers, and you only can muster together one hit? Like, I understand. That's frustrating. But for me, I'm just tipping the cap to uh, the Phillies, really, today. Um, sure. Manny, you could say he should be coming through there. He's the MVP. Uh, you should be saying, or you could be saying, yeah, we got Josh Bell. We traded for Josh Bell for him to come through in those situations and not, you know, whiff three times. But that's baseball, right? Jose Alvarado, he's a pretty darn good pitcher. Sir Anthony Dominguez, who they threw out there, I believe, in the eighth inning, he's a pretty darn good pitcher as well. Um, so props to Harper with the power getting that ball out, fastball up and away. Um, and props to Schwarber for absolutely demolishing that one pitch that was left right over the middle of the plate by Darvish. I mean, that's really what there is to say about this game, I think. Um, 
I'll go through the comments here. Thank you guys for joining me. Again, this is episode 253 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. The game went by fast. Uh, I'll look up the time, how long this game took. Um, but it started at 5, and I was home, took the trolley home by like 9. So it went really fast, and that's what happens when it's a pitcher's duel. Two hours and 43 minutes. I'll take that. Um, 44,826 was the attendance. Um, I mean, look, I, I thought it was, a, again, talking about the crowd, I thought it was a pretty good atmosphere. It wasn't going to live up to, like, game four or anything like that unless there was, like, a crazy moment. And even then, it's not the Dodgers. Uh, it's not on the weekend. I mean, the weekend doesn't matter. It is the playoffs. So scratch the weekend excuse. But it's not against the Dodgers. There wasn't much offense at all in, the, in this game between either team. Um, so I think, you know, it was sold out. Fans still brought it. Like when guys got on base or there was any uh, type of rally or in the ninth inning, everyone was standing, waving the towels and stuff. Uh, but it just didn't seem like it was as loud or the energy was quite as there. But I was expecting that going in. So I'm not like disappointed in the crowd or anything. And like, I'm disappointed with the loss, but it's just flip the page and move on. It's not really like, oh, damn, the Padres suck tonight. It was more the Phillies came away with the timely home runs and the Padres didn't. You know, Nola had that one. Uh, what was that? The, it was a line drive kind of in the gap. That ball didn't go over the fence in right center. I forget what inning, but one of his at-bats, that ball didn't go over. And the Phillies, their balls that were hit deep, those did go over the fence. So. That's pretty much what the difference was. Um, Love is everything says the crowd didn't stand up till the ninth inning like they didn't care. Uh, no, the crowd stood up. Uh, whenever Darvish had two strikes on a batter, they stood up. Whenever it was like 3-0 on Profar, they stood up. Like The crowd did stand up pretty frequently throughout the game. They didn't stay standing like for innings upon innings upon innings like they did in Game 4 on Saturday. But again, that was expected. Like, it wasn't raining. I think the rain also kind of had people continue to stand because they didn't want to sit back down on Saturday night. But they were also winning after that seventh inning. Uh, and, and the crowd just wanted to party, right? The crowd knows that this is game one of a series. It's a longer series. So, you know, a win, that would have been great. But it's not like you were going to have Will go, you know, bar hopping after the game. You weren't going to have fans having a parade in the streets or anything. You know, it's just... A game four, possible game clincher, which is what they did in that series, versus a game one, those are two different things, and it's a different opponent. We don't hate the Phillies. Maybe we will by the end of this series, kind of like I, how I, I don't know if I hate, but I strongly dislike the Mets, especially Buck Showalter after what he pulled in game three against Musgrove. Um, but like right now, I don't think we hate the Phillies, where... We all hate the Dodgers, right? Uh, Takey says, Nolan Wheeler are our biggest obstacles. I agree, yeah. And I think that's why I'm trying to look at this more through a positive lens. Like, okay, they lost to Wheeler, but that's what they did against the Dodgers in the last series. They lost to Arias, and then they won three straight. So let's see what they can do against uh, Aaron Nola tomorrow. I feel like I'm going to say Austin at some point. Um, confusing the brothers, but let's see what they do against Aaron Nola tomorrow, the two-starter. We have Snell on the mound, pitches better at home compared to on the road, at least from just memory's sake. I don't have the stats in front of me, um, but his last start against the Dodgers, he pitched well at home in this postseason. So I'm trying to take that positive. And after that, yeah, they're on the road, but they do play well on the road. They don't get they don't you know get scared or any they you know they don't press on the road or anything like that. And you have Joe Musgrove going in game three. Like, that is, I don't think there's a better game three starter in baseball than Joe Musgrove, probably. At least that I would have. Um, we saw what he did against the Mets in that game three. We saw what he did against the Dodgers going six innings, two runs uh, in game four on Saturday. So, look, like I said earlier, this series could flip. Being down 1 0, it's definitely not the end of the world. This Phillies team is a good team. They had their best starter today. And the Padres, they have more depth pitching-wise, I think, than the Phillies do. And that could really help this series because it's a longer series. There's only that one off day on Thursday. And then they could play three, four, five, six, seven all in a row with no off days. 
all three in Philly, come back, um, and then play what would be Monday, Tuesdays, game six and seven in San Diego. Because of the lockout, they're trying to make up for it and speed up the postseason, I guess. I think that's what the explanations have been. Um, so having fewer off days, you're going to need more arms. You're going to need more bodies. And I think the Padres can benefit from that. Uh, Doe says Phillies have real power hitters. I mean, we saw that tonight, yeah. But Manny can hit a bomb. We know that. Soto can hit a bomb. He almost hit bombs against the Dodgers on was it Saturday, Friday, over the weekend. He almost hit two of them to left. Um, we saw at Dodger Stadium, we saw Will go yard. We saw Manny go yard. We saw Jake go yard. And that was not just yard. He smashed that ball. Uh, against the Mets, obviously. On the East Coast, we saw Josh Bell, Trent Grisham, Jerickson Profar, Manny Machado. We saw them all go yard in game one off of Max Scherzer. So I'm not saying like all Profar is not a power hitter. Grisham isn't, you know, he has power, but he's not, I don't think he's seen as a power hitter. But they do, the Padres do have the ability to hit home runs. So I don't think we should focus on, oh, the Phillies have more power, real power hitters and the Padres don't. Like, I think it just comes down to, the Phillies tonight, they came through uh, with the home run, and the Padres didn't. But the Padres have the, bil- the ability to hit home runs. They just didn't tonight. The Phillies pitching, again, was really, really good. Jason says, shame Josh Bell swung at three balls. Uh, I don't know if, were they balls? The final one that he swung at was a strike. I know that. I didn't see the first two pitches uh, because... Section 323, that's just not a great view. But the last one, at least from the video I saw, that that was a strike. It was just a nasty pitch. Maybe were the first two pitches fastballs? It did look from my seat that the pitch was those pitches were up in the zone. So maybe, but you have them up there to try to go yard. You have them up there to try to get an extra base hit, right? You know, Bomell's going to say we want him to just continue the game, but it is Josh Bell. We saw what he did in game one off Scherzer last or whenever, whatever Friday that was, a couple of Fridays ago, you know? So he's up there to provide power. And so he's swinging hard. And Sir Anthony Dominguez has some nasty stuff and he missed. Sure, it's disappointing. But again, I'm not going to, you know, bash Josh Bell for not coming through there. You know, Manny didn't come through either. Doe asks, play Drury instead of Bell. I mean, maybe, maybe tomorrow. What, Nola's a righty? I don't know what, uh, I don't know the numbers. I haven't looked at the numbers. Nola against the Padres. I'll try to look them up here. So. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Soto is hitting 273 off of Nola. Myers is hitting 273 as well. Josh Bell is hitting 158. He is three for 19. Let me look at Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury is one for three. I mean, it's a small, smaller sample size for Drury. Maybe Drury gets in there over Bell. Uh, Nola has more experience facing uh, Bell over Drury, so maybe they do have Drury go in there. Um, so yeah, maybe tomorrow. But today. As for the Potters' decision to have Bell over Drury today, I was fine with that. Bell had better numbers. 
against Wheeler heading in uh, over Drury, I believe. I looked at that up uh, this morning. So I wasn't surprised by that. I was fine with that. Maybe you should say, oh, Drury should be pinch hitting for Bell in that situation. Uh, but what are you going to do? I mean, I was fine. Did I, I think it was a righty, right? Sir Anthony Dominguez was a righty, so they had Bell uh, turn him around, and he was a lefty there. And Drury's just a righty. He's not a switch hitter. So maybe they wanted the lefty matchup there. And so they were like, hey, we're going to go with Bell here in the ninth inning. No, Alvarado's a lefty. So Bell was righty there. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, they just they just like Bell over Drury then, I guess. They know more than we do. Mike says, we've been tipping the cap to the opposing pitcher since the season started, enough already. Keep making excuses for Josh Bell to be in the lineup. Enough already of that. I mean, is Brandon Jury doing a whole lot for the Padres right now? Their Padres offense? I don't think so. So I think they're just trying to find the guy. They're trying to get one of them hot. They're looking at matchups, and they're putting that guy in. Uh, Will is going to be playing first base, it seems like. So it's between Drury and Bell for the DH spot every day. That's just what it comes down to. Um, and in terms of the comment, Mike, about me tipping or us tipping the cap to opposing pitchers since the season started, kind of, I mean, kind of not. Like, this year there's been some times where they've actually played really well against the great pitchers. And it's like the rookie pitchers where we can't hit them, like in the regular season. So when that happens, no, I, I don't think I tipped my cap to uh, the rookie pitcher that dominated the Padres offense. But when it's Zach Wheeler and he had his stuff tonight, I think that was pretty clear. And, the you know, the bullpen didn't give up any runs. Sometimes it's okay to tip your cap to the other team's great pitching staff. It is hard to hit against Zach Wheeler. Um, I mean, I don't have personal experience, but I'm sure if I went and asked players, they'd say, yeah, it's pretty darn hard. He's a pretty darn good pitcher. So you can get mad at them. Look, you're a fan. Uh, we're passionate here. It's the playoffs, right? You want everything to go well, but they're not going to win every game. They're not going to beat every pitcher. And I'm looking, I'm choosing to look at it from the viewpoint of what happened last series where the Padres lost to Arias, but they did battle back later in the game. Today, they didn't score any runs, but they did battle back. They did get some runners on in that ninth inning. They didn't come through, but they did battle back in that sense, getting some guys on, at least having a chance. You know, they had the game-winning run at the plate, game-tying run at first base, but they didn't come through. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's what happened. Uh, I, I'm just trying to look at the positives here, and... Um, you know, they won game one against the Mets, lost game two, one ga or one game two against the Dodgers, lost game one, like just split the first two games and definitely now split the first two because they already lost game one. So win tomorrow in the day game with Snell on the mound and Hayter, Suarez, that's another positive. The back of the Padres bullpen, uh, Garcia pitched today, Martinez, but Hayter, Wilson, uh, Suarez, They'll be good to go. Garcia Martinez will be good to go uh, again today or tomorrow, excuse me. They have the off day on Thursday. Like they can use that off day to rest then. So the bullpen's going to be good. That's a positive. Uh, and just split these first two, turn it into a best of five. That's the best you can do right now in these first two games at home. Uh, and then you have the best three starter probably in baseball on the mound for game three in Philly. He can definitely face that environment because he did it in New York. I think he can do it in Philly. Um, and you just ride from there. Mike, sa Mike again says, no way can this team go down 0-2 because of continued lack of offense, more great starting pitching wasted. You could say the starting pitching, Darvish, you know, was wasted tonight because he did pitch well. Um, but... You know, the offense could show up tomorrow and we're not having the same conversation, right? I do agree, Mike, with your comment that there's no way this team can go down 0-2. Like, if they go down 0-2, you 
Now they have to win four of the next five games to win the series, and that's probably going to be tough. I, you know, they won three in a row against the Dodgers. Like they can go on those winning streaks like that in a postseason series because they just proved it. But that's still going to be tough to do in back-to-back series. You don't want to get into a 0-2 hole and then you're going to Philly. And then what happens? Like I'm confident in Musgrove, but what happens if he's not on his game there? Or what happens if we have a start like tonight where he is good, maybe makes a couple mistakes, but the offense doesn't come through and they lose that game. Now you're down 0-3 with Clevenger and Manaya in game four, right? So yeah, I agree. Can't cannot go down 0-2. That's that would be really really hard to dig that hole, or, you know, get out of that hole. Um, you did they they would dig that hole if they did go down 0-2. It'd be hard to get out of that hole if that makes sense. So I agree with that, Mike. I do think that they can win tomorrow. The series definitely is not over. It's game one. Eric asked, Ben, do you think the Padres will have a better offensive game tomorrow? I mean, I hope so. You would think that they're going to get more than one hit the entire game. Um, You know, Nola, he's tough as well. Let me look at Nola's postseason, what he did in his last start. I believe he pitched well. Hang on, I'm loading it on baseball reference. Yeah, he hasn't given up a run yet in this postseason. First two postseason uh, games of his career. He went six and two third in, six and two third innings, gave up no runs in the wild card series, game two against Philly, or excuse me, for Philly against St. Louis. And then in game three of the division series, he went six innings and gave up no runs, no earned runs. One run, but no earned runs. Um, so he's been tough. He's pitched well his last two starts, but Snell pitched well his last start against the Dodgers. So I have confidence that we could probably see a similar game as we saw tonight. And the Padres can come through with those big hits. I mean, when they face Nola last time, I know it's different rosters, but the bottom of the order came through. Nola came through with that big hit. Padres won, I believe, that game one nothing. And so if the bottom of the lineup can come through again tomorrow, I mean, yeah, I think they're going to have a better offensive game. Also, if the top of the lineup comes through as well. Um, I don't think Manny's going to not come through again tomorrow because he's just that good of a talent. I just don't expect him to, um, you know, if there's a situation where there's a runner in scoring position, I expect him to come through or get on base or, you know, bring it to the next guy uh, and not pop out. But maybe that's just me being too optimistic. Look, I... I'm happy that the Padres are in the NLCS. I think that they should win this series. I think they should win it in like six games. Uh, but look, I, I'm just going to... I'm going at this from the positive, optimistic viewpoint. Thank you all for uh, being in the chat here. I appreciate it here at a little before 10 o'clock here. Uh, just reacting here, Padres, Phillies, game one, NLCS. Padres lost 2 nothing to the Phillies. Snell against Nola tomorrow, 135, I believe, is the first pitch. I'm curious to see what the crowd's going to look like tomorrow, to be honest. Um, I think it'll be packed. I don't know if it's going to be sold out just because maybe some people, they took off of work for like the division series and stuff like so they could be down there all day on Friday before game, what was that, three against the Dodgers this past weekend or maybe they work on the weekend and they took off Saturday and they just can't take every day off in October uh, when the Potters have a home game so they're going to have to work um, and Postseason tickets are also expensive. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be a very good crowd. I mean, who knows the next time the Padres are going to be in the NLCS. So I think, I'm hoping, fans are going to look at it from that viewpoint and they're going to be like, I don't know the next time we're going to be here, so let's go to these games. Let's go to all these games. Um, and hopefully our boss is okay with that and he you know, 
he actually likes that his employees have passions outside of whatever they're doing. But we'll see. We'll see. Day game tomorrow. The Potters have actually been lucky because, you know, the Mets games, those were at night, I believe, all of them. But it was, it was New York, so that was expected. And then the Dodger games, that was the West Coast series. They're, you know, I think Seattle was a West Coast, but they were, they were playing in the day. Uh, Padres-Dodgers, that was like a marquee matchup. So they wanted it in prime time or the, you know, late West Coast game. Um, here, you have Astros-Yankees in the ALCS, and the Yankees and Guardians, they just finished that series today. Yankees won that one like 5-1, 5-2, whatever the score was. They beat down Josh Naylor and the Guardians, so they're now going to Houston, and I know this was scheduled before the postponement, the day before yesterday, or no, the, uh, before the postponement yesterday for that Yankee game, but... I think that they want Yankees-Astros with the storylines and Altuve, the buzzers, the cheating and stuff. They want that to be the primetime games, at least now. I do believe when the games go back to Philly that the Padres do get one or two primetime games. Might be Friday, Saturday. If I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry, but I think that's when they do get those, and then Sunday it's at like 11 o'clock start or something our time. So they are flip-flopping, like, who gets the primetime games. It's not like our series is, once this ALCS starts, it's not like our series is going to get all-day games. There's going to be some night games as well. Uh, but that, that's just way, that's just the way, excuse me, that this postseason schedule worked out. I, I mean, the off days, I think that's kind of weird. I, I think you should, in the postseason, you should have an off day when you're traveling to another city. That's just me. Uh, especially when they're going from the West Coast to the East Coast and then the East Coast to the West Coast. Uh, like, they have the off day going from the West Coast to the East Coast after tomorrow's game, that off day Thursday, but then they don't have an off day coming back to Petco for a possible game six. Uh, on Sunday night, Monday, they play game six, if, if necessary, obviously. So, you know, the NBA... They have an off. They have like two off days in between almost every game. It feels like it takes like two or three months to get done with the playoffs. You forget who made the postseason. It's like literally two different seasons. Where here it takes a month. Uh, there's just not as many off days, but at least have an off day on travel to travel. I think. I think. I know that teams they usually just get out the day or the night of that game so that they can have a full rest day uh, in their hotel and stuff, but. At least having that day to acclimate yourself to the time zone, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just think that's better. But I like I like watching baseball as a fan. I'm just trying to think of it from like the player perspective. I don't I don't think they're big fans of having to play uh three, four, five, six, seven on consecutive days, possibly if there's a seven game series. Uh looking at the game times, 135 tomorrow, Snell Nola. Then the off day Thursday, like I mentioned, Yankees-Astros would be game two of ALCS at 437. That's Thursday. And then Friday, Padres-Phillies, that's the only game on. So that game is primetime, uh, at least on the East Coast, 437 at Citizens Bank, probably Musgrove against Ranger Suarez. And then Saturday, Padres, they have the primetime game. That's at 445 Pacific. Astros-Yankees is 207. That's game three for that series. And then Sunday, if necessary, game five, that's, as I talked about, that's the day game, 11.37 a.m. Pacific time, 4.07 p.m. Pacific time, Astros-Yankees game four, that, again, that's Sunday. Monday, 5.03, game six here, if necessary. And then Tuesday, 5.03, if necessary. So most of the games actually are later, but tomorrow is uh, the day game. All right, back to the chat here. By the way, I will get to the A-Rod stuff. There was some reaction about a video I posted on YouTube here and on social media about me talking to A-Rod today. And some people didn't like it. Some people loved it. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll touch on that in a little bit. Mike says he's not mad at the Padres, just simply doesn't want to see Bell in the lineup anymore. That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, if you want Jury in there, yeah. But I think you're going to see Bell if there's like a righty on the mound, probably. Uh, maybe not every time, 
but I think the Padres like having that switch hitting option. When there's a righty, and if they want to bring in a lefty, they can just switch Bell right around to a righty. You can't do that with Drury. Um, I think they're also going to just keep trying to alternate the guys. Whoever has the better matchup, they play them. Hopefully that guy gets hot during that game, and then you keep him in the lineup, kind of like how Grisham stayed in the lineup. Nola was going to anyway, but he stayed in the lineup. Uh, Crony was always going to be in the lineup, but he's hot. He's in the lineup, you know, hitting fifth. I think he was hitting fifth today in front of Myers, who was hitting sixth. Sounds right. Um, so I think they're probably trying to just find the hot guy, and both guys aren't really doing much right now. Mike asks, who's worried about our pitching? No one. I don't think anyone is. Yeah, the offense is the question mark, I think. Um, I think the Phillies should worry about their pitching more than we should. But their pitching, obviously, I just gave them props for their pitching. It's, you know, this whole episode. So um, both teams, like I mentioned earlier, both teams are comparable to one another. Easy to compare. I mean, top of the rotations, really good. Bullpens, as of late, really good. Lockdown, you know. Um, lineup, top to bottom, most guys, pretty good. So it's an even series. You know, both teams, they had upsets in the first two rounds. Um, Phillies went into St. Louis, beat them in two, I think it was the first two games. Uh, and then they went and beat the Braves. Braves had home field advantage. They had time off. Phillies beat them. Padres beat the Mets in New York, beat the Dodgers, obviously. Won three in a row there to end that series. So both teams have had to, uh, upset other teams to get to this point. Like both teams are good. It's, it's not like the Padres are sitting here. Oh, thank goodness. We get to play the Phillies or at least. That wasn't their mindset going into this series. They know that the Phillies are talented. You don't get to the NLCS if you're not talented, right? And then the Phillies, they're going to look at it as the same as we did, probably. They're saying the Padres are very talented. They just beat the 100-plus win Mets, the 111-win Dodgers. They won three games against the Dodgers. Like, this team is good. They're at home. The crowd was nuts during that Dodgers series. They're going to have to bring it, and the Phillies did bring it tonight. And the Padres pitching did bring it. Like, Darvish just, he gave up some home runs, and the Phillies didn't. Luis uh, asks, any thoughts on Snell pitching the Phillies tomorrow, pitching against the Phillies tomorrow, especially after what happened with Bryce last time they hosted the Phillies during the regular season? Uh, no, I don't really have any thoughts on that. Snell told the media today, I believe, that he's not going to pitch Bryce any different. He didn't mean to hit him, uh, still has no intent to do anything to him. Uh, and Bryce realizes that, you know, remember in the regular season, Bryce was pissed off at Snell, what, like immediately when it happened. And he said, throw it in the effing strike zone, I think is what he said. But then before he even got to the dugout, he was like, all right, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry. It's just key to the moment. My bad. I know you didn't mean it. So they're good. Uh, Bryce is still going to dig in there like he digs in to the batter's box. Snell is still going to pitch inside. Look, that's how you get Bryce out. You don't want Bryce to get extended, right? We saw tonight where you had the fastball up and out. of. I think it was outside the zone, to be honest. But it was a fastball up and away, and Bryce still hit that out. I thought it was a fly out, but it still got out because of how much power he has, how strong he is. So don't let that guy get extended. So Snell is going to pitch him inside. Uh, and I don't think Bryce is, when you get in the box, maybe like on the on-deck circle or something, you might think about it. But once he gets in there, I, I at least for me, I wouldn't think about it because I'm just trying to get a hit off this pitcher. You know, I, I'm just trying to get on base. I'm trying to help my team. And Snell, same thing. He's just trying to get Bryce out. He knows Bryce is one of the best hitters in baseball. He's one of the best hitters on the Phillies, uh, if not the best. So he's just trying to get him out, not allow him to get on base, not allow him to hit one over the fence like he did against Darvish today, right? So, no. Um, those are my thoughts, I guess, on the Snell-Harper situation. All right, so I wanted to get to this A-Rod thing. I mean, so on social media today, I posted a video of Alex Rodriguez. Um, he... Big Poppy, Frank Thomas, Kevin Burkhart, they're the pregame guys for Fox. They are in town at Petco Park, and they're doing their pre- and post-game show in Gallagher Square. So before the game today, I went over to Gallagher Square, and 
uh, just was going to watch the show. Uh, I was actually going to take a picture of the booth and just post it on Twitter or whatever, and then I was going to leave. I was going to go go up to my seat. Uh, but then A-Rod got up, and so I figured, why not? Let's go try to ask him a question. Let's go try to talk to him. Um, remember, A-Rod, Big Poppy, they did not give the Padres a chance at the beginning of that Dodger series. They didn't give him a chance to win the series. Frank Thomas at least had the Padres winning two games. He said Dodgers in five. None of them picked the Padres. Big Poppy said the Padres weren't going to win a game, said it was a sweep. And A-Rod said that the Padres were going to win one game. So just wasn't giving the Padres the respect, was thinking the Dodgers were going to easily hand it to the Padres. And uh, the Padres obviously handed it to the Dodgers. They won the last three games in a row and sent the 111-win Dodgers franchise regular season record, blah, 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 sent them home, and it was great. And so A-Rod's prediction was obviously wrong, and I'm tired of people not giving the Padres credit. And there's some people out there that will say, hey, Padres played a great series. Um, and, and some people now will say, oh, Padres are built for the World Series after they just picked the Padres to lose in three or four games to the Dodgers. Like, you, can't do, you can't have it both ways, right? You believe in the team or you don't. Um, and so as A-Rod was, uh, he was walking through the concourse. And so I went up and filmed and asked him, uh, what do you think about or what did I say? I said something like, how did that Dodger prediction work out for you? What do you have to say to Padres fans? Like, um, just say you were wrong. Uh, just, you know, apologize, whatever. And he kept walking, didn't say anything. And I can, I, I can play the audio if you want me to. I'll play the audio. But I, I, I got a bunch of, like, responses and saying, like, don't make the Padres fan base look like idiots like this. Like, some people didn't like it. Some, and I was like, I didn't respond to people because I was going to give my response here. And to be honest, like, my intention was not to make our fan base, like, um, I don't know, not make our fan base look like idiots or anything. My, fan, or, uh, my intention was just to give respect, actually, to the Padres, to have A-Rod Give, res give respect to the Padres. After him being wrong with his prediction, he expected the Dodgers to win in four. The Padres won in four. He got the games right. Uh, and so I just went up and asked. And people were like, oh, why are you stalking this guy? Like, and I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I wasn't stalking the guy. Here's what happened. I was standing there in Gallagher Square. A-Rod walked. He got up from the desk, walked um to the right he was going to the concourse and so i went over there to go talk to him i didn't stalk the guy there was a guy that posted a video on twitter today of him filming a rod taking a piss in the bathroom today in the eighth inning like that's stalking a guy i didn't do that i didn't go to, into the bathroom by the way he went to the bathroom when i was going to go talk to him i had no idea that he was doing that um i didn't go in the bathroom i didn't go anywhere near the bathroom but he had like five or six security guards kick people out of the bathroom so A-Rod could go. I thought that was a little too much. Like, people can't go use the restroom. Like, A-Rod's just like us. He's a human being. Um, but yeah, so that was weird. Anyway, I didn't go stalk A-Rod. I didn't go take videos of him in the bathroom. All I did was, and I'll play the audio here, all I... All I wanted was him to give respect to the Padres, and he just didn't say anything. I, I wasn't really expecting him to say anything, to be honest, but uh, I tried, and he didn't say anything, and I posted it. That's all that happened. So here is the A-Rod audio. I'm trying to load it here. My phone's not loading. Here we go. Um, let me go down. So here's the A-Rod um, audio here. So here he's walking in, Ga in Gallagher Square right now. Hey, Rod, how'd the prediction work out? How'd that Dodger prediction work out? Hey, Rod, what do you have to say to Padres fans? There we go. That's all I did. What do you have to say to Padres fans? 
just wanted to see if he would apologize, say he was wrong. Uh, how the Dodger prediction work out? It was it was kind of just in a funny, joking way. I'm not. I wasn't saying you're an idiot, you freaking moron. Like no, I was just saying in a joking way how that Dodger wor- uh, prediction worked out. Like if I was talking to one of my friends and they were picking the Dodgers, how'd that Dodger prediction work out? Not so great, huh? Um, that's all. And people took it way too far. I, I, they were like, "Why are you stalking the guy?" Uh, just. And I'm like, I wasn't stalking the guy. I had no idea he was even getting up. I wasn't sitting there for two hours waiting for him to get up. I walked to Gallagher Square, took a picture. As I was walking away, saw A-Rod get up from the set. I was like, huh, let me go walk and see what he's, and maybe go try to talk to him. And I got up next to him, and he didn't say anything back. Not a big deal. End of story. I think that says that, so. I wanted to touch on that. Uh, obviously, the focus of this episode, Padres, Phillies, game two tomorrow. Today, yeah, it was a disappointment. You know, the Padres, their offense just didn't show up, but the Phillies offense didn't show up a ton either. Again, they just got those timely hits, which ended up being home runs. Um, you had Bryce with the home run. Look, I, again, I thought it was a fly ball to left, and it kept going. You don't want Bryce to get extended there. And Kyle Schwarber, he crapped on that ball. He did. Smashed it. 488 feet or whatever it was. Okay. Um, The Padres got one hit off of Wheeler. Both guys, Darvish and Wheeler, they went seven innings, quality starts. Both bullpens pitched well. Uh, The Padres had that chance there in the ninth inning. Didn't come through. Disappointing. But we got game two tomorrow. It's a longer series. And by the end of Friday night, this series could totally turn into the Padres' favorite. So I'm not going to go overreact. I wasn't pissed off. It was disappointing. I was, you know, I, I hope I didn't come across as like pissed off at this game. Uh, I wasn't yelling or anything, just calm, disappointed. Sure. But I'm happy to be here in the NLCS and we got a game tomorrow. Bump day with snow on the mound. They have a good chance of winning tomorrow. I think just like I thought they had a good chance of winning today and hopefully it goes right tomorrow. So That's the episode 253 Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Game one reaction between the Padres and Phillies. This episode was brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Yes, I know it's not really ideal to be sponsoring cheesesteaks during a Philly series, but um, if you want cheesesteaks, if Phillies fans are listening to this, you want cheesesteaks, they're available at Pecto Park tomorrow. Uh, they're available at Snapdragon Stadium for Wave and Aztecs game. Shout out to the Wave, by the way, for winning that playoff game um, this weekend. They're playing Portland next Sunday, so that's exciting. And uh, Gaglione Bros is actually, uh, their main location is on Friars Road. Gaglionebros.com is the website. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for watching, for supporting the show, at Talking Friars on social media. Uh, like this video on YouTube, subscribe if you have not already, daily Padres content. I'm just a diehard Padre fan like all of you guys. Um, and I'll be back tomorrow reacting to a game two. I'll have a pregame show before game two, probably from Petco. And uh, yeah, that's that. Have a good night, everybody. See you later. Go Pods.